Welcome to the Hot Route, a sports podcast serving up quick reads and hot takes with a particular focus on the NFL. I'm your host, John Peterson. Week 7 is over, and now there's only one unbeaten team. Tyler Lockett put up video game receiving numbers, but it wasn't enough to overcome a shaky outing from Russell Wilson. Joe Burrow had his best week as a pro, but got outdueled by Baker Mayfield. And Antonio Brown is on a new team. Here are the 10 things to know from week 7. The first number to know is 1, and that would be the number of game-losing touchdown runs for Falcons running back Todd Gurley. With a minute 4 left in the 4th quarter, Gurley broke through the Lions' defense to score a touchdown that put Atlanta up 22-16. But Gurley had been told not to score on the play, so the Falcons could run the clock down and try a game-winning field goal instead. Predictably, the Falcons' defense choked away the game, letting Matthew Stafford drive 75 yards in 8 plays for the game-winning touchdown. But the real takeaway here is not so much about Todd Gurley, Matt Stafford, and the Lions, as it is about the awful Falcons' defense. Since the 28-3 Super Bowl collapse against the Patriots, this unit has set a bar that no other team has been able to get below. And this week on short rest against the Panthers, I love Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson against this hapless collection of second-string talent that doesn't look to be going anywhere at all this year, despite the firing of head coach Dan Quinn. Now the next number to know is two, and that would be the number of quarterbacks in the top five rushing yardage performances for Week 7. Is Daniel Jones ran for 92 yards, most of it coming on an infamous 80-yard dash-and-trip play, while Russell Wilson had 84 yards rushing. Three more quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert, ran for more than 60 yards, and this is in a week where Lamar Jackson was on by. There are a few takeaways from this. The first, I think, is the decreasing importance of the running back position. Increasingly, there are just fewer and fewer elite running backs, fewer and fewer bell cow running backs, and more and more teams want the ball in the hands of their quarterback, which has led to the increasing importance of read options. And more and more, these read options are not just fakes. They really are plays where teams want the quarterback to run the ball. And this is a helpful strategy for combating the speedy swarming defenses that have arisen to combat these high-powered passing attacks. But the third, and the downside to all of this, I think, is the constant danger of quarterback injuries. It will be interesting to see if we see quarterbacks starting to have shorter and shorter shelf lives, much as we started to see with running backs, as they start to get subjected to bigger and bigger hits, and in particular as you know, potentially older and less mobile quarterbacks are more and more kind of a relic of the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers era. Now, speaking of mobile quarterbacks, the third number to know would be three, and that'd be the number of Russell Wil- interceptions for Russell Wilson in an uncharacteristic day as the Seahawks fell 37-34 to the Cardinals in overtime. Now, Wilson's overall numbers were still impressive as he went 33-50 for 388 yards with three touchdowns, but he really struggled in this game, throwing a bad red zone pick that was nearly returned for a touchdown by Buda Baker, and what could have been a 14-point swing had it not been for a touchdown-saving tackle by DK Metcalf. Now, this has to be a concern for the Seahawks, because the success the Cardinals had was from attacking Wilson with a relentless blitz that generated nine quarterback hits despite the absence of their best pass rusher, Chandler Jones. They forced Wilson to make poor throws and get rid of the ball sooner than he wanted to, and the NFL is a copycat league. Until Wilson and that Swiss cheese offensive line of the Seahawks show that they can stop the blitz, expect teams to take note of that and to dial up the pressure. I think that will certainly be the case going up against the 49ers, who despite a litany of defensive injuries on their own, still remain one of the better scheme teams in the NFL. Now, speaking of the 49ers, 
The fourth number to know is the number three, which is the number of rushing touchdowns for Jeff Wilson Jr. of the 49ers, as he racked up 112 yards on 17 carries and further proved that literally anyone can be a productive running back in a Kyle Shanahan system. Unfortunately for Wilson and company, the 49ers injury bug continued as he suffered a high ankle sprain late in the game that has him headed to IR. The 49ers are committed to the run, though, and have shown they can control the line of scrimmage, which means next man up, Jarek McKinnon and Jamichael Hasty could be in for a big day as the 49ers face an inept Seahawks defense. Jimmy Garoppolo certainly isn't going to outduel Russell Wilson, so the 49ers' best bet is going to be to rely on their run game and hope they can keep Russ on the sidelines as much as possible. So that makes McKinnon and Hasty interesting by low DFS style flyers, potentially even, you know, interesting by week pickups. Ultimately, from a you know team perspective, I think the Seahawks should certainly beat the 49ers. But this, the 49ers are well-coached enough on both offense and defense to make this game competitive, particularly when you think about all the shortcomings of the Seahawks' defense. Although the Seahawks did get some reinforcements to their pass rush as they traded for Carlos Dunlap from the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the next number to know would be 17, and that would be the number of unanswered points from the Tennessee Titans against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a battle of unbeatens. The Titans ultimately lost when Steven Goskowski missed a potential game-tying 45-yard field goal with 19 seconds left. But Pittsburgh can't be feeling good about a game in which they scored only three second-half points while Ben Roethlisberger threw three interceptions. Now, the Steelers are the last unbeaten team in the NFL, but this is following close wins against teams like Denver and Houston in a game a couple of weeks ago in which they let you know an Eagles team that's been decimated by injuries come back and be competitive late in the game. There's obviously a lot of talent on the Steelers, but they often struggle to put together complete games of dominant football on both sides of the ball. And they'll certainly be tested this week in a battle of AFC North heavyweights as they face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Now, sticking in the AFC North, the next number to know is 21, and that would be the number of consecutive completions for Baker Mayfield after starting 0 for 5 with an interception against the Bengals before finishing 21 of 28 for 297 yards with five touchdowns and the one interception in a win, despite being leaned on heavily as the Browns were without Nick Chubb and also played without Odell Beckham Jr. for much of the game. Now, with Chubb still recovering and OBJ done for the season, the Browns are going to need a lot more of this kind of play from Baker Mayfield. And one likely beneficiary of that is receiver Richard Higgins, who caught all six of his targets from Mayfield for 110 yards. With OBJ gone, Higgins is likely to see a bigger role in the offense, and that may benefit both him and Mayfield. Prior to the arrival of Jarvis Landry and OBJ in Cleveland, Higgins was one of Mayfield's top targets in his rookie season, which also happens to be the best season of his young career. Chemistry is often as important as talent because so much of passing success is about timing and reading a defense, and without the all-surpassing talent of players like OBJ to bail him out, Mayfield may actually end up taking better care of the ball. Now, we'll see if that holds true against a Raiders defense that just gave up four passing touchdowns to Tom Brady. But Mayfield could be an interesting DFS target this week, or a bi-week fill-in if your regular quarterback is on by. Now the next number to know, speaking of those Raiders and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, would be 109, and that'd be the number of yards receiving for Buccaneers wide receiver Scotty Miller on six catches with one touchdown as Tom Brady once again proves his affinity for small, tough white men who play in the slot, aka Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, and now Scotty Miller. Miller's play, along with the recent reemergence of Gronk, who caught five balls for 62 yards and a touchdown, is certainly good news for Brady, who suddenly seems like an MVP candidate, but it muddles the picture with Antonio Brown coming to town. Will there be enough targets to keep all of these aforementioned players, 
plus Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who are Pro Bowl wide receivers in their own right, involved in the offense and engaged. Godwin is likely to miss this upcoming week's game with a broken finger, but all in all, it's hard to picture A.B. getting enough targets to keep him happy. As a veteran player on a one-year prove-it deal, the Bucks have no incentive to give him reps over younger players like Miller or Godwin, who are on longer-term deals, unless he's clearly a better option. And even if A.B. does not have a large role, does he fracture the locker room? Does he stay engaged? Does he work hard? Is he committed to the team? We'll have to find out. Now, the next number to know would be 128, and that'd be the number of yards rushing on 20 carries with a touchdown for Washington rookie running back Antonio Gibson. This was easily the third-round pick's best game of the season as Washington dominated the free-falling Dallas Cowboys 25-3 on Sunday. While Gibson's performance has been up and down this season, the reality is Washington isn't going to lean on any of its quarterbacks, be it Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, or Alex Smith. With a decent defense led by a front line with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Ryan Kerrigan, Expect Washington to lean heavily on Gibson, with volume alone providing him with a pretty good floor. And with a matchup this week against the lowly Giants, Gibson could be a great value play this week, again, either as a bi-week fill-in, perhaps in DFS, and even the rest of the season, I think he's an intriguing play to see if he can continue to elevate his game as he gets more experience. And as, again, I think Washington increasingly leans on him. Now, the ninth thing to know is 196, and that'd be the number of yards receiving for Green Bay's Devontae Adams in a handy 45-20 win over Houston. Now, much like Michael Thomas, everyone knows Adams is a target monster when healthy, but nobody knows how to stop him. What's particularly impressive is that despite playing in only four games this season because of injury, Adams is still in the top 20 in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. And next up, he has a cushy matchup against a Vikings defense that just traded away their best pass rusher in Yannick Ngakwe. Adams and Aaron Rodgers should be in for huge days, provided the Vikings don't let themselves get blown out too quickly. And Adams is definitely locked in as one of the top fantasy plays this week. Now, the last number to know would be 406, and that'd be the number of passing yards on Sunday for Joe Burrow, who went 35 of 47 with three touchdown passes and one interception, while adding another rushing touchdown. Burrow has shown himself to be the real deal, as he's now third in passing yards on the season with 2,023, and his rapid success, coupled with that of fellow rookie Justin Herbert, is likely to only fuel the urgency of teams hoping for a quick franchise turnaround by drafting Trevor Lawrence, which may well lead to teams like the hapless Jets and lowly Vikings tanking intentionally in what's already a lost season for them, not only from a record perspective, but also from a financial perspective when you consider the effect of COVID on fan attendance at home games. And that's the 10 things you need to know from week seven. I'm your host, John Peterson. Come back to the Hot Route next week for Week 8's coverage.